Welcome to 153 Great Podcasts, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. The man you are about to hear is Brother Don Hanscom, Canadian missionary to Pakistan. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Now, this is a great miracle that's taking place here for the apostle Peter. When he had considered the thing, verse 12, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Say with me, they were praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. In today's language, we would say you're crazy. All right? That's what they said. Now, they've been praying and praying and praying. I have read uh, some of some commentaries seem to believe that this prayer meeting had been going on for several days. It was not just a little two-hour prayer meeting or an overnight prayer meeting. They had been praying and praying and praying. Now, God has answered their prayer, and the miracle is knocking at the door. You have a miracle knocking at your door tonight. And they said, you're crazy. We don't believe it. She constantly affirmed that it was even so. And then said they, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Don't raise your hand, all right? But how many of you have prayed prayers to the Lord God Almighty, and the Lord answered prayer, and you couldn't even believe he answered prayer? Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 5. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, verse 5 of chapter 1. Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told you. God is saying, I'm going to do such a great work that if I come down there and told you what I was going to do, you would not be able to believe it. I believe what God is going to do in these last days is going to blow our minds. It's going to blow our minds. And then let's go to the book of Isaiah. 43, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. In other words, forget about the past. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, everybody say now, it shall spring forth. Ye shall not know it, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I want God to do that new thing. I'm saying, God, come on now. Do it now. Do it now, Lord. That new thing. Let it spring forth now. I firmly believe that we are living in the last of the last days. I firmly believe that Jesus Christ could come today. I expected him all day. I continue to expect him to come today. If he doesn't come today, we will expect him to come tomorrow. Jesus Christ is coming very, very soon. Are you ready? When Jesus commissioned his apostles to go out and to heal in his name and to cast out devils in his name, they didn't ask questions. They just went out and did it. And when they went out teaching and preaching the gospel, 
God did some unexplainable things, and they just accepted it. Again, I want to say to you tonight that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was ever powerful, then he is still powerful. If he ever could heal the sick, he can still heal the sick. If Jesus could ever work out situations, he can still work out situations tonight. If Jesus Christ ever did one single miracle, he can still do miracles tonight. He is able. Some years ago, I was in a prayer meeting in the city of Lahore. We, on Wednesday morning, would always have prayer with the pastors in the local area. I believe there was about 12 or 13 of our pastors that were there. It was a wonderful time of fellowship, and we would teach, and we would answer questions, and we would pray together and pray for each other. And in that prayer meeting, God began to speak to us through tongues and in interpretation. How many believe in the gifts of the Spirit? And God began to tell us the name of a city. And God said, I want you to go to that city and preach my gospel. Because I have people in that city that will be called by my name. When I heard the name of that city, I began to think, I'm not going. Uh, maybe some of you like to be a martyr for Christ. Uh, I want to live for Christ. I, I'm not interested in dying for Christ. And so that was all going through my mind. I said, I'm not going there. And so I thought I had it all worked out. Uh, I will send some of our nationals. Our wonderful national can go. And uh, they're Pakistani, you know, they know what to do. And so I thought I had it figured out. And then the Lord began to speak again. And the Lord said this, why are you afraid? Do you not understand that I am God? Do you not understand that if I call you, I go with you. I will stand by your side. Do not be afraid, the Lord said. Do not be afraid. And so we got up from prayer and I said to those brethren, we're going. We begin to make plans. We printed a uh, 100,000 tracts in the Pashto language. And we went into that city in northwestern Pakistan. And uh, it is a very remote area. It is an area that is very, very, uh, uh, very Islamic in, in nature and the religion is Islamic. And it's, it's in the border uh, with Afghanistan. So these are tribal people. And uh, I did not want to go. But we went and uh, we began to preach a crusade. There was about 300 people that showed up for the first night of our crusade. And when I looked at those people, I knew that I was, uh, well, I began to wonder why I was here. Let's just put it that way, all right. And uh, yet we had the promise from God that he would go with us and he would stand there by our side. I was afraid to preach. I'm not a brave person, all right? I picked up my guitar, and I was playing my guitar, and I sang. I'm not a good singer, but they thought it was great, all right? So I was singing and playing my guitar, and, and they were having a wonderful time. They thought, this is awesome. This guy's come all the way from Canada, and, and uh, he's over here singing for us, entertaining us. So I played my guitar, and 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 I sang, and I sang, and I sang, because I was simply afraid to preach. So finally, after a while, I laid the guitar down, and I picked up my Bible, and I began to read from the Bible. I don't remember now what I was reading, but I read one verse of Scripture, and there was a man that jumped up and began to shout it, and he said, you are a Christian? And I said, yes, sir. He said, you cannot preach Christianity here. I closed my Bible. <laughs> and so... I didn't know what to do. You know, when you don't know what to do, you pray, right? So I had a 
a Pakistani brother with me, a wonderful man of God, Brother Javed. Brother Javed slipped up beside me. He said, Pastor, let's run. <laughs> I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I believe... I believe I will. <laughs> but I said, Brother Javed, before we run, let's pray, all right? So we begin to pray. Just the two of us standing out there on that little platform in front of those people. And I had an experience there, Brother Bruce, that I'll never forget. Probably in my ministry, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. I felt the hand of God lay on the top of my head. I was shaking. I was trembling from head to toe. I did not know what was happening. And then it was that I heard the voice of God. And God said, if you will pray for the sick, I will reveal myself. I will perform many miracles. For I have people in this city that will be called by my name. And so I made the announcement. Is anybody sick? Well, I discovered they were all sick. <laughs> they all raised their hand. I'm sick. I said, if you will come down here where I stand, and if you will allow me to pray for you in the name of my God, Jesus, he will heal you. He will make you well. Everything went quiet. And then after a little while, a couple of young men got a hold of a little lady, elderly lady that was blind. And they began to lead her down to the front. I'll never forget it. She stood there. And I reached out and I put my hand on top of her head. And I could feel she was trembling all over. I said, in the name of Jesus, Yesukenome. And when I said Yesukenome, that little lady started jumping jumping up and down and shouting, I can see. I can see. I can see. When this happened, all 300 people jumped up and they come running down to the front and they got a hold of the little lady and they said, woman, what happened? She said, I don't know. All I know is that when I came here, I couldn't see, but now I can see. They started bringing blind people. I don't know where they were getting all these blind people. They were going to the houses or whatever. I don't know. They brought three blind people, one right after the other. And we prayed for them in the name of Jesus. And the same thing happened. All three of them received their sight. Well, now by this time, my good um, uh, sidekick, you know, uh, he's feeling real strong in the Holy Ghost by now, okay? <laughs> uh, and he's going all over the place, laying hands on everybody. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And we were witnessing miracle after miracle after miracle. Now, let me tell you about the greatest miracle of all. We sat the people down. I began to teach them and preach to them a simple gospel message. I gave a little altar call. People began to come forward. We began to pray with them. I was in that city for three days. We had over 100 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in that city. We baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. God raised up a church in that city. A great church. A church, in fact, that is still in existence. A very great church. We have a Bible school now in that city. That church has been responsible for planting many other churches. All along that border with Afghanistan. I want to tell you tonight. That if God can raise up a church in a place like that. He will raise up a church anywhere in this world. God said, I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. Yes. It shall be. It shall be. Hallelujah. I'm writing a book 
my story. It's not ready yet, but the man that's editing it said to me on the phone the other day, he said, I've been reading all this, and he said, there's one word that comes to my mind, and that's the word improbable, improbable. If God can do that, we are nothing. We can do nothing. What can we do? We're just, we're just human beings. We have no power, and, and yet when we preach the gospel and we declare the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ said, I'm going to stand by your side. Don't be afraid. I'll stand by your side, for I have people in that city that will be called by my name. There is uh, an area in northern Pakistan known as Swat. Now, if you go to Swat, it's a beautiful area. It's up in the Himalayan mountains. We've been there several times. It was a used to be a vacation area for people to go. Now the Al-Qaeda has taken over the area, and um, you can't go into that area now. But we were there on a little vacation, and I got acquainted with a government official, uh, an attorney, and uh, we got to be good friends. And uh, he said to me one day, Don, would you like to meet the king of Swat? I didn't know they had a king. That, that was a kingdom. And he said, uh, would you like to meet him? I said, I would love to meet him. He said, I think I can arrange that. So he worked that out. So I'll never forget as I went, they call him the Wally the Wally of Swat, King of Swat. And I went to his palace, and we sat out on the back deck of his house there, looking at the beautiful snow-capped mountains and having a real nice visit. Very, very nice gentleman. And uh, I asked him finally, I said, would you, would you mind if I would give to you a Bible? And he said, I have never read the Bible. Uh, I, it just so happened that I had one. I had an, uh, a Bible in the local language, and I signed it, and he took it, received it, and seemed to be very thankful for it. I believe that he would have read that Bible. God was doing something there that was amazing. I got acquainted with that government official and I asked him, he was asking me, did you meet the king? And I said, yes, we had a wonderful visit. So I got real brave, you know, sometimes you just have to step out on a limb. And I said to him, would it be possible for us to come in here with a team of young men and we could distribute Christian literature in this area? And he thought for a while, and then finally he said, well, you know, I think I could work that, work that out for you. And uh, he gave me in writing, he wrote a letter for me and gave it to me, allowing us to come into SWAT to distribute Christian literature. Now, that was a major, major, major miracle that was taking place there. And so we went, to, we re returned back to our headquarters and we printed up all this literature and uh, our team of our Bible school students uh, went into SWAT and they began to hand out this literature and within about 10 minutes they had handed out over 5,000 tracts and people were pushing and shoving and, and, and trying to get this literature. They, they, they were so anxious to, to receive it. And uh, then there was a group of uh, men that began to stir up a problem, stir up a trouble. And they began to call our young men infidels. That's what they want to call you. You're an infidel. Uh, and so when that happened, things began to get real tense. And the police moved in. And they arrested all of our team and took them down to the jail. And uh, Brother Javid, my friend, uh, he was with them. And so he went down to the 
jail and he had a copy of this letter and he gave that to the chief of police there and they were just shaking their head and saying we can't believe this why would this guy give this give them this letter to hand out this christian literature this has never happened before and uh, we can't believe this so finally they decided that they had to they had to allow them to do it because they had an order from uh, a government uh, official there and uh, so if you can believe this uh, i get excited just thinking about this the police they are escorting our team and providing protection for our team our christian team to go throughout swat and hand out christian tracts and christian literature and uh, what what uh, uh, can you imagine in an area that is 100% non-christian a very very remote area of the world never in history had the gospel message gone into that area and now young men are out there on the streets of Saidu Sharif and and those cities in Swat handing out Christian literature. We don't know what the result of all that was, but I believe that was the Lord Jesus Christ that gave us that time and that opportunity to hand out this Christian literature. Our God is so great. Anybody here want to be a missionary? It is the most exciting life there is nothing more exciting out on the front lines and knowing that god is right there with you and god is leading and he's guiding and he's opening doors and 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 you're able to reach people that have never before heard about the name of jesus i went into the city of quetta you want stories, so I'll tell you stories, all right? I could preach to you, but uh, these stories excite me. I've told them thousands of times. We went into an area in uh, the province of Baluchistan, the city of Quetta. And uh, this is, again, very remote area of Pakistan. It's up. Uh, it is bordering on to the country of Iran and Afghanistan. This is the Baluchistan province. And uh, Quetta is the capital of that province. And so we went into Quetta uh, to preach a crusade, and, and God helped us. Uh, we were able, able actually to preach uh, right out on the street. We had no building, but we were preaching. The people sat down on their carpets, a little, they call them duris, and they sat down on the, on the ground, and we had people receiving the Holy Ghost, and people were getting baptized in Jesus' name, and God was doing a great work. So I went back for another crusade. And this time, we were able to rent the large uh, Methodist church in Quetta. And uh, it would seat about 300 to 400 people. And uh, we, we packed it out. And we were preaching there about the name of Jesus. I'll never forget one man that came. He said, he came to me, he was a Muslim. And he said, uh, sir, he said, I have traveled 600 miles to get here because the last time you were here you were preaching out there on the street and you prayed for my daughter and she had uh, um, what what would you say it was it's like cerebral palsy and she couldn't walk and he said you prayed for my daughter and I took her back home and she began to get better and now she's completely well she's walking and she's completely healed and he said I just had to come and thank you I just want to thank you because you came to my city and you prayed for my daughter and she was healed. We had a great crusade there in that city. In the middle of the night, one night, I was in this hotel room by myself and about 2.30 in the morning, I have the police 
banging on my door. And they said, open up, open up, please. And so uh, I was startled. It, it, it did wake me up. And uh, I opened the door. There were three policemen that stepped into my room with their guns uh, pointed in my direction. And they said, sir, we have information that you are a German spy. And uh, I said, uh, well, first of all, I'm not German. And secondly, I'm not a spy. And we talked for a while. Uh, I said, I am from Canada. I showed him my Canadian passport. And uh, I am a priest. That's the word they understand over there when they talk about, if you say minister, they think that's government, okay? So you always say, well, teacher or your priest then they understand what you're saying. So they kept thumbing through my passport and uh, asking me all kinds of questions, and then finally they left. I'll never forget as they left, and I locked the door, and I laid down on my bed, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm really scared, and I'm thinking, why am I here? Are you crazy to be here in this godforsaken place? I was 600 miles away from home, my family. There was no internet. There was no cell phones. There was no communication. And I'm thinking, if something happens to me out here, my wife won't even know where I'm at. And so all this was going through my mind. And I had, I remember I had hot tears just running down the side of my face as I was praying and thinking about all that. And then suddenly, I began to hear some beautiful music. And I don't know where it was coming from. I got up, I looked out the window. I didn't realize, I thought maybe it was coming in from outside. It seemed like all around that little hotel room where I was at, there was a glow, there was a light that was shining. And I was hearing this beautiful, beautiful music. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, the angels of the Lord encamp around about them that fear him. And I realized and I believed that I, I was, although I was in one of the remotest areas of the world, that God and the angels of the Lord were camping around about us. Hallelujah. You've been listening to 153greatpodcast.com, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Please subscribe, and better yet, help us by contributing. God bless you.